Hey everyone, welcome to Hub City Church. We are ordinary people following an extraordinary God together. If you want more information about Hub City Church, find us online at thehubcitychurch.com connect and fill out our digital connect card. Now let's dive into this week's message. We're gonna jump right in. This Sunday we're taking a, a little bit of a pause in our family series. We've been talking about family for the last couple of weeks and we will for the next couple of weeks after this, but we're gonna hit the pause button and what we do every year called Vision Sunday. And Vision Sunday is the, uh, the favorite weekend for every optometrist in Skagit Valley. Huh? Vision Sunday, yes? Uh, all right, the slow nod, yes, I get it. Okay, moving along. Uh, Vision Sunday is a chance for us to look ahead and also look back. We look back, we celebrate what happened uh, in our church, but it's also a chance for us to look forward and like where are we headed as a church and uh, so this morning, we're going to hit a couple of things. We're going to talk about a theme word for our year. What is a thematic word that is going to bring our, 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 our church some vision, direction, and guidance? We're going to celebrate the ministry highlights of 23. We're going to look ahead at the ministry of 24. Uh, and then take a financial snapshot of 2023 and 2024. Just to be honest and open with where we're at and also... Uh, we're going to conclude our time together with just a time of prayer and just praying for our church together because today is all about us moving forward as a church. And uh, this year, I talked about this idea of a theme word, and uh, one of my mentoring pastors uh, recommended this book to me. I want to recommend it to all of you. It's called One Word That Will Change Your Life. One Word That Will Change Your Life. And if you buy this book for $10 on Amazon, you'll discover that one word. Uh, it's waffle. Waffle. That was it. Just that was how bad that joke was. I had it all geared up and it didn't work. Uh, no, this book is a great resource because what it will do is challenge you to think beyond just a New Year's resolution or goal setting. What it does is it challenges you to think about what is one word that would be thematic and, and, and give some clarity to the year moving forward. What is the, a phrase... Uh, that's great. Phrases are great, but phrases are sometimes forgettable. And, and But one word boils it down to something that helps articulate your journey and those steps. And it's not arbitrary. It's not forced. It's not generic. You don't just Google it. You don't just read it in a book. This is just giving you tools about how we can discover one word per year to help define and guide our own lives personally. And it brings clarity, right? It's this idea of looking in the book. I'll give you some cliff notes to it. Kind of helps encourage us to look inward, look at your heart, look at what's going on, look upward, look at, look at God and ask God you know, for direction in our life, and then look out, look at the season of life you're in and where you're headed and what you're going in, into and what's going on in life. And so it's about looking in, looking up, and looking out. And as you do that, you identify a word that keeps you personally motivated and challenged and uh, engaged. And this year, I've got one for me personally on my own personal life, but it's also something that can be applied into a team or an organization or a church and, or a family or a household or something like that. And so I felt compelled this year in reading this and applying it to myself personally. I thought, God, is there a word for us as a church? And I prayed and you know, spent some time just seeking Jesus for our church this year in 2024 and what does this look like and what's a good word? And obviously, waffle is not that word. So I kept praying, still not funny. Okay, we're gonna move, we're gonna keep moving on. And that word that I, I kept, I couldn't escape. It was like this gentle whisper to my heart 
kept reading it in scripture and, and kept identifying it for us and compelled that for 2024, a word for us as a church is the word together. And this word together kept coming up. And I felt it impressed upon my heart and I couldn't escape it. And I, I found this verse in my, in my quiet time that I, I felt articulated this word together. And I just want to talk about this word together for a moment and read some scripture and give us some encouragement as we think about our church. And as you pray in 2024 for Hub City Church, that this word would be one that resonates within us, something that motivates us, something that keeps us engaged in the mission and ministry and, and, and discipleship is this word together. And so I want to read this scripture out of Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 2. And I think the Apostle Paul, when he writes to the Philippian church, just articulates this idea of togetherness and being together. Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 2. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together in the Spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another and working together, ding, 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 there it is, working together with one mind and purpose. As I read this scripture and meditated on it and journaled on it and thought about it for, for quite some time, this one really stuck out to me because it was so much more than just being in the same room together. When you hear this word together, I don't just mean being physically in this space every Sunday morning. The word together is going to mean a whole lot more. And as we look at the year and as we dream about 2024 and as we go through 2024, I hope that you are inspired with that word together beyond just I need to be in church or I need to watch online. Because when Paul writes this, I want us to think about the Philippian church. He means so much more than just being physically in the space. Think about where Paul is when he's writing these very words that we read 2,000 years later. When he writes this, he is literally in prison. And he's saying, man, I want you to love one another wholeheartedly and be moving forward, agreeing together, united together, working together with one mind and heart and purpose, right? Paul himself is writing this, but he is in prison. He is longing, and this is my takeaway personally, is he is longing for something for the church that he himself may not get to experience. Togetherness has to be more than physically being in the same space. He's wanting them to be moving in one heart, one mind, one vision, one passion, one purpose. And it's not about uniformity, because throughout the letter in Philippians, you're seeing and reading, and as you read it in its context, you see that Paul is addressing teachers who are trying to bring uniformity and conforming everyone to look and sound and act the same way. And that's not what Paul's all about. Paul's about unity, not uniformity. And he pushes against this hostility that's inside the church and outside the church. And what Paul, in, in his letter, is really contending for is what I believe he is talking about here in this passage, which is a togetherness that far exceeds being in the same room and looking the same. It is a unity of heart and mind. It is a togetherness that Jesus brings. And he asks these rhetorical questions to help them bring that sense of togetherness all uh, into this conversation, right? He asks these questions. You kind of picture these rhetorical questions that Paul's asking. Have you experienced encouragement? Any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together? And you can imagine the early church listening to this letter being read. And they're like, oh, yeah, I felt that. Oh, yeah, I felt that. 
And what he's doing is he's bringing them together with these questions and saying, as we center around Jesus, Jesus is the thing that's bringing us together. Look at what we can experience. I wanna just give you a moment to look at that passage and we're gonna put that, that scripture back on the screen. I, w- I would love for you to just for a moment shout out what you see. What do you see togetherness being described? What buzzwords do you see in that text? Encouragement, comfort, fellowship, compassion, support, agreement, a bonding together, purpose, unity, right? This is what Paul sees the church being able to experience, whether he's in the room or not, whether he's with them or not, whether they look the same or not, whether there's hostility and tension and conflict and all of this, right? He's saying, let's move in this direction together. And my prayer for us as a church is not that we just meet together on Sundays or meet together in life groups, but that we experience what Paul's describing. We experience the true togetherness that we see in this passage, that we would experience encouragement and comfort and compassion. We would experience unity and purpose and a bond that brings us together as people. That's, a, that's my prayer. When I hear this word together, that's, the, that's what, that's my prayer for us. And this word has been rattling in my brain and sitting in my slow cooker of my heart for quite a while and and thinking about this is a word that's going to influence how we do ministry this year. Whether it's uh, doing ministry together, whether it's building teams together, whether it's living life together, it's cultivating vision together, it's getting buy-in together, it's sharing the gospel together. We are doing these things with that sense of together. It's also a common thread in our series this year as we look at it. I mean, even right now, we're talking about family, and it's this idea of engaging faith and family together. We're gonna do another series preparing for Easter called Feasting and Fasting. So we're gonna look at this concept and principle of fasting and also this concept and principle of fasting. Fasting fasting and feasting, excuse me. Fasting and fasting, that's exciting. We're gonna just starve for Jesus. No, uh, fasting and feasting, and these ideas of we are going to seek God together through fasting and through feasting. We're gonna look at the life of Abraham later this year and this idea of navigating life together with God, that we aren't just doing it on our own capacity and strength, but we're gonna look to God just as Abraham does and say, God, where do you go? What do I do? How, what twists and turns and how do I navigate life? We're gonna look at series in the book of Titus later this fall, and it's gonna be all about just doing mission together, doing good together. That word together is just this common thread, I think, throughout this year, and and it's gonna be something that holds us uh, and and keeps us engaged and keeps us motivated and keeps us moving forward. It's even a part of our, our slogan statement, and I didn't mean to do that years when we created it, but what are we? We're ordinary people following Jesus together. And so it's all about this together experience as a church. I'm excited to think and pray and see how we embody this this year. And so as we focus on that word, I also want you to just keep that in mind because what we're going to do is we're going to take a few moments now and, and we're going we're gonna to talk about 2023. We're going to celebrate together. All right, can we celebrate? Yes? 
Yes, we could celebrate. God did some really good stuff in our church. And so Vision Sunday is about looking at the past and saying, hey, there's some good stuff that happened in our church. Let's celebrate that. Before we move forward, let's celebrate the past. Let's celebrate what happened. And in 2023, uh, here's a couple of highlights that we want to, uh, to just bring to our attention. One is that we had eight people say yes to following Jesus, either for the first time or rededicated. Uh, that's eight people saying yes to following Jesus. Um, yes, come on now. It's okay to be a little Pentecostal in a, in a four-square church. Yes, we can clap for that. Come on, if we're going to clap for anything, you can boo my jokes, but let's clap for eight people following Jesus, right? We have one person get water baptized here at our church. Come on now. That's exciting. Yes, yes. Um, we did a survey just the last few weeks, and we had a couple of results come in, and I've got some, some great uh, things that I just want to highlight throughout our talking as well um, that, that I think just bring personal story to some of the things that we're going to be talking about as we celebrate 2023. One is that people were encouraged to grow this last year, and th listen to this. It says, uh, I think that it, was really, it has really helped me rem be reminded of the big picture that life is all about. Even though it was a rough year here on earth, that this is a temporary life. Hub City Church helped me go from being too distracted with everything else and remember that I can have the courage to talk to people where they are, to hear them out, to help them out, and that they can help be a huge encouragement to me. My people just growing together in this community. Um, we had somebody on, on another survey, another person wrote this, and, and I think it's a great reminder. It says, even though I didn't attend church a lot in person, I felt like I grew closer to God. And the reason that they say that is one of the things that they do is, is, the, is the online gathering, right? So often we think about who's in the room together here, but we forget, oh, we have 20 to 30 households watching online throughout the week, and they're growing, and they're a part of our church. And uh, we can't forget that. Even though they're not physically in the room with us every week, there are people seeing and engaged and dialed in on what's going on, and there are people that are even saying, like, I can't be there every week but I'm so thankful that I can continue to grow in my relationship with Jesus and utilize technology. Um, even this week, we had some folks that were like, man, I'm sick, I can't be there, I can't volunteer, I can't be on my serve team and things like that. And I, but they're like, but I'll be watching online, you know? And I just, I love that we can combine those uses of technology to see the church continuing to grow together and grow closer to Jesus. Uh, we saw that 70, over 70% 70 of our church is involved with serve teams. I think that's awesome. Yes? Come on. I see some hands wanting to clap. Let's, let's go. Let's celebrate those things together, right? That's exciting. Uh, one of the things we talked about this year was ministry champions and this idea of people championing, taking ownership, and, and taking leadership of some of these areas of ministry, and we saw that, whether it was with connections team or our facilities team, uh, life groups, Halloween hub spots, all of these things. We've had people rise to the surface say, hey, Sean, I'll help lead that. I'll help take that on and, and, and run with it and make it better than I found it and go with it. And I think that's awesome, right? People are taking ownership of their church and, and being a real champion for the areas of ministry. Uh, we saw staff transitions this year as we had a couple of ministry staff transition into new seasons of life. Um, and one of the things that we saw was a transition in our Zion Youth Program. And they've had to 
experienced some change going from a weekly Wednesday gathering. We went to once a month on Fridays and every Sunday, they're next door as well, just growing together with Jesus and with each other and building life. But just to give you a highlight of what's happening on Friday nights, on the first Friday, for those that don't get to see it, uh, we're seeing students come and we're seeing students invite their friends. Uh, this last Sunday, or last Sunday, last Friday, just a couple days ago, um, we saw uh, 15 students in this space and more than half of them don't go to church. People are inviting their friends, and they're coming back month after month to eat a bunch of calories, play some silly games, win some prizes, and be encouraged and know that they are loved by Jesus because we emphasize fun, friendship, and faith. We emphasize Jesus as well. So it's not just games and fun. We're talking and telling them about Jesus, but they're walking out the door knowing that Jesus loves them and that we love them, and it's awesome to see, right? We saw a transition of leadership from Tyler, and he did an awesome job just loving and caring for those students, and we had to pivot and make some changes, right? But God's still doing good work, and he's reaching these young people in a way that they need to be loved and cared for in this new season, and that's awesome. Uh, Berry Dairy Days, this last June, this is our biggest thing that we do every June. We had, I, we did the calculation, uh, we had over 50 volunteers, and of those 50 plus volunteers, we had over 450 volunteer hours calculated over the course of that extended weekend at the festival, just loving some of these families and kids and hundreds and hundreds of kids that came to the, to the booths and the activities and all of these things and giving out free candy and playing games with them and people are knowing who we are and knowing what our church is all about because we're getting out of our walls. We're showing up. We tried something last year called Super Sundays and Sabbath Sundays. We took a Sunday off uh, during the summer once a month to not have our regular gathering, right, but to go rest and take a rhythm of Sabbath and take a break. And then we did these potluck lunches, and people loved those potluck lunches after service, getting together, playing some cornhole, eating food, barbecue, things like that. Uh, but I had somebody talk about Sabbath, and I just I loved this idea, uh, and I just want to highlight this this little testimonial about Sabbath. Can I read a little testimonial? Is that okay? Yes, of course. You want to hear from other people in your church. These are all anonymous. I'm not going to embarrass anybody. But it says, at first, I didn't really care for Sabbath Sundays. Love it. I love the honesty. I was, I was a busy person in all aspects of my life. But I've taken the time in these last few months to reevaluate what Sabbath means and God's intention for us to rest. Rest may be weekly, but it also be found, can be found within a busy day and for even in season and in every season of our lives. Being forced to slow down and rest, I've learned to appreciate it more. Somebody was able to engage with Jesus because we did something out of the ordinary and said, we're going to hit the pause button on our gatherings and, and, and encourage you to go find Jesus in your home or on a walk or on a hike or with your friends at dinner or something like that. It's just I think so awesome to see that there's no one way to do this. But we're all about people having genuine encounters with Jesus and growing together in relationship and serving the church and impacting their world. One of the ways that we've impacted our world a lot is through the Friendship House. And 2023 is the conclusion of a three-year um, time that we have uh, served a monthly meal at the Friendship House, and we are, are closing this chapter, and not to say it won't reopen in the future, but we are concluding our, our commitment for now to, to serving that monthly meal. It's been a great opportunity to serve young people, old people, everybody serving, families showing up, um, and people connecting and just making these foods, 
And I reached out to Friendship House to let them know that we needed to conclude this for now. And they were so excited, not that we were leaving, but they were just like, thank you so much. You came in during a time uh, where it, everything was up in the air. Because I don't know if you know this, when you do three years back, what time was it? It was COVID. And you had the homeless community wondering how they were going to get meals. And our church was a part of many other organizations that showed up with masks and gloves and takeout boxes. And over the course of those three years, they calculated that we've served over 3,000 meals. I think that's exciting. That's awesome to see. I had to double check their math. And they were right. Uh, over the three years, showing up every month, we've served over 3,000 meals. And that speaks to our heart for the community and our generosity and our desire to go make an impact. And I just, I, I love that. That's what we're all about, church. This is the stuff that we need to highlight. We need to celebrate. We need to remember that things may look and feel different than they did in the past, but God is still working and moving, and, and it's good. It is good. And so we're looking ahead. We're looking at 2024, and what does this look like to have ministry together? And that word together, to me, I get inspired, and I hope that as you think about that word together, and you think about the ministry of your church, it would inspire you. Maybe something I say, maybe something out of, out of you know, not what's spoken, but maybe something that God right now is just going to stir something in you. But as we talk about ministry together, one of the immediate things that we are emphasizing is life groups. Getting people connected in smaller groups of people, whether it's playing sports together, going on a walk together, and praying whether it's a women's Bible study or a co-ed group of young married people or whatever type of group. Maybe there's a group that you want to start. And maybe this season isn't best. You're going to start it in the fall. But life groups is a chance for us to be together in a smaller group of people. And I'll tell you, I've got story after story in this packet of people saying, life groups made a difference in my life this last year and in the years past, right? All these people, small group is an integral part of my life. Staying connected outside of just Sunday, sharing hardships and victories with other believers is really important. My life group members prayed for me. Each and every one of them kept in touch. When I get lazy and overwhelmed, their consistent outreach keeps me connected and reignites my willingness to put forth effort. When I put forth effort, God sometimes uses me in pretty astounding ways. Like people are just dialed in on their life group and they're seeing it change their lives. Being a part of a church family keeps me connected and learning and growing. Like we can't negate the fact that good stuff happens on Sunday mornings and good stuff happens when we scatter into our world in smaller settings. Whether it's in a coffee shop or a living room or on a sport court or wherever. And I would, I would encourage you to pray. Like what does that look like for you in 2024? Great options are already available, but like I said, maybe you want to spark something new. Ministry together. This year, uh, one of the things that Aaron, our, our next-gen coordinator, is praying about is getting our, our kids and youth involved with summer camps again, like making a big push to get our young people back into that summer camp program. Why? Because it gets them together with their peers, together with their peers and with other Foursquare churches, praying Worshiping Jesus, playing together, doing paintball together, swimming in lakes together, right? Doing fun stuff that young people want to do, and old people are like, ah, my back, right? Even us 30-somethings that are thinking we're young, but we have a little more gray hair than we realized. But we want to get back into summer camps. We want to get young people and, and youth back into those things together. Being together on mission uh, with Buried Airy Days. I talked about it earlier, but for those that don't know, we get a new location this year. 
They're putting us right on the parade route. And what that means is more foot traffic, more people, more volunteers are going to be needed, but we're going to have a bigger, spa- a bigger space, a bigger footprint, a more prominent footprint, and we're really excited about what is going to happen this year with Buried Dairy Days and the kids Zone that we get to be a part of. We've had people having conversations with me and saying, Sean, I would love to see us do more men's events, more women's events, more times for us to get connected together. And what we're realizing is we do a lot outside of our walls together on mission, but we also need to be together in other settings and other, uh, in other formats, not just on Sunday mornings, not just on an outreach or, or a, an evangelistic effort, but also like, hey, can we just get some ladies together and do this? We had our ladies event in December. The ladies got to be together and be encouraged and pray and eat dinner together. And it was just a quality time for gals to share life. And, and we want to see that for men. We want to see that for women. We want to see that on serve teams as people get engaged in all of these things. But, but it's about doing ministry together. It's about not just thinking about what do I get out of it? How does it help me? But it, how does it foster this word together? And as you hear that word together, I pray that you would be inspired to think about not just what does it look like for you to engage with what currently exists, but maybe there's something we're not even saying. And that's going to be a spark that needs to be a part of your story and a part of our church's story. There's something that we're missing that you've been praying about or thinking about, and it's like, this is going to bring us together, Sean. How can I help own this? How can I be a part of the solution? Let's go. Let's be a part of it, right? Growing teams, more involved, people being a ministry champion for youth or Berry Dairy Days or prayer or some event or gathering or something like that. So that's a part of our mission synopsis or, or mission statement and what we're, where we're headed in 2024 and just thinking about mission and ministry and discipleship, being together. Uh, there's a component of this year that I do want to talk about too that, um, that is something that I've been praying about for, for quite a while and, and we're going to talk about occasionally throughout the years we lead up to it. And it is a, a planned pastoral sabbatical for me. And this is common to some and foreign to others. And so this is something that uh, we're going to just be talking about because I don't want anybody to be scared off when they hear this term. And believe me, I see the irony as I'm talking about being together. I'm about to just describe a 12-week time where Sean is not with you uh, in this. Uh, but a planned sabbatical is a, an intentional time for renewal for me as the pastor of the church. Uh, a 12-week time span at the end of June to the end of September where uh, I will intentionally disengage from the ministry and functioning and more importantly, the operation of the church um, on the day-to-day so that I can go be renewed spiritually, emotionally, physically, mentally, um, and and in all, all facets of life. This is something that our denomination as a Foursquare Church uh, my leadership, uh, my leaders above me, my supervisors and, and regional pastors and people above me are even saying, like, Sean, this is a valuable practice for, for senior pastors to be doing every seven to ten years. And in that time span, we want to plan a time away for a pastor to be able to get that. And so this is a rhythm that our denomination is building into the practices. Uh, my, my supervisors and bosses have done this. This is something that we've been talking with our church councils about for the last few years, so they weren't blindsided by it. This has been a part of the conversation. And uh, through circumstance and timing and everything, it just didn't seem right in about that seven-year mark, but I'm, in, uh, I'm right up against the, that 10-year mark. 
And as we're looking at this year and in conversations with the church council, we do feel this is the right time to do it. Let's go. Let's, let's, let's plan this and let's make it, make it happen. And so uh, I want to just speak to some of the values, purpose, practical, and benefits of sabbatical real quick. All right? Just hit some of these. Like I said, we'll talk more about it as the weeks pass. Uh, one is the value of it. There are biblical principles of rest. We talked about Sabbath, that weekly practice, but there's also this, this rhythm. You see this in the Old Testament, and it's a funny picture to compare, but in the Old Testament, they would talk about fields taking a sabbatical year, right? You look in the Old Testament, those are often parts that we don't necessarily study in depth, but like there was instruction to say, hey, give that field a break for a year and come back, and there will be more fruitfulness. There will be more growth. There will be more health in that field. Uh, Jesus would take time and he would get away. He would have solitude. He would take breaks. He would disengage so that he could be physically, emotionally, spiritually recharged. And I understand that this isn't a common practice in every industry, right? We wish it was. I wish every industry got practices like this where you got to take an intentional time away from your job so that you could come back and be better at your job, right? Uh, but we also know that within pastoral ministry, there's a, there, there are pastors and leaders that are expelling a lot of physical, emotional, spiritual, uh, relational bandwidth to a point where, and, and maybe you've witnessed this in church in your history of being involved in churches, people get burned out. Churches get to a point where they grind leaders down to nubs and people leave ministry because they're just exhausted or... Um, they're tired or they're angry and, or they make mistakes and they, they uh, choose bad choices and it leads to their, their disqualification in ministry and those sorts of things. A sabbatical can be an intentional time to say we want to equip our leaders, not wear them out. And another value to this is that the church should not be dependent upon a single person, right? Amen to that? The church should not be on the shoulders of one individual. And so what this is going to have to do is... It's gonna challenge me and it's gonna challenge our church that the ministry does not exist and function through one individual. So that's some of the value to it, but the purpose of it is, like I've said, this is planned. This is a planned time. This is not reactive. This is not my boss is looking at me and saying, Sean, you're on a path to disaster. <laughs> you need, this is not a reaction to burnout or any symptoms of that. This is not a consequence for bad behavior. This is also not an opportunity for Sean to go look for another job. So I just wanna be very clear and kind of address any elephant in the room or any narrative that people might try to conjure up. Like the purpose of this is purely for an intentional set aside time to be able to go do things that will physically recharge, emotionally recharge, spiritually recharge, and do that in a way where I can go to be together with God and with my family. So this together word, even though I won't physically be in the room for that period of time, I'm still contending and praying that God, just like Paul wrote that letter to the church and said, I want you to experience it. There's a period of time where I'm gonna be contending and praying that the church would experience it, but also know that I'm contending and pursuing it. It's just gonna look a little different. So that's the purpose of this and what the, the purpose is not, as we <laughs> kind of mentioned some of those things. The practical side of it is that complete Stepping away, where I'm not answering emails and calls and texts. I mean, to a point where if you text me during that time, you're going to get an auto reply even from my texting that's going to tell you what's going on. And it's not that I don't like you. 
It's, it's just knowing that even the smallest engagement can sometimes pull you right out of it. You ever been on vacation and open your work email? Just totally like, whoop, you're out, right? You're like in Bermuda, enjoying the sunshine. You read one email and you're like, oh, crud, I gotta answer this. And that's the idea here. The practical side is this complete disengagement from it. And I understand the complexity of it because I live 10 feet away. So we're still exploring all of this and what that's gonna look like. Don't be surprised if you see a giant 20-foot hedge erected over the, no, I'm just kidding. But we're gonna work through the practical side of that. And it's not that I don't love you and I don't like you and all of this. It's just for me to be able to focus, that's what it's gonna be. But if we run into each other at Target, I'm not gonna be like, whoa, duck and hide. We live in a small town. I'm going to run into people. I'm going to see you. That's okay. That's not the point. The point is that um, there is this intentional stepping away so that I can emotionally focus on what I need to focus on. And that's the practical side of it. The other practical side is we'll be building a lot of teams of staff and volunteers and ministry champions and people like that to facilitate the ministry of our church because the ministry doesn't stop. This isn't a 12-week time where the church shuts down. I am so encouraged that the church is going to continue to do better and better and better. And, and that's what I've heard from some pastors. They said, I've gone on sabbatical, come back, and the church is better than when I left it. What does that speak to? Health, health of the church, that there might actually be some practices that we are currently doing and rhythms that we're in that aren't healthy. And by me disengaging from them and allowing other people to step into it, it's gonna get better, not worse. It's just maybe gonna look a little different. So there's a practical side to this is that people will step up and take on responsibility and lead and, and do things, but the ministry won't stop. And that's what I'm encouraged by. Now the benefits of this. The benefits is I'm really believing that this is gonna help prepare me to lead the church in the next season. It's gonna equip me to be able to lead our church better into the next season. It's also going to equip leaders within our church that are gonna be growing and on mission together. Because like I've emphasized a few times here, it's not just about me. So a huge benefit is that we're gonna have more growing leaders on mission together. Hear that word? Together. Now, does that excite you to be a part of a church where more people are growing? Where your pastor's healthier for the next season of ministry to have vision and direction and inspiration and engagement for what's coming forward? Yes, I get excited about that. This is not just 12 weeks where I check out. This is about, God, fill me up for what's next. Prepare me for this next season of our church. And I'm excited because I believe God's gonna stir up some inspiration between me and our church and all of us. And we're gonna have some vision together about this next chapter of our church after this sabbatical season. And so this coming the end of June to the end of September. We'll talk more as it comes, and I'm happy to answer any questions because like I said, for some, you've seen sabbaticals and that leaves a sour taste. Or you've seen a bad example of this. And for others, you've never heard this term before and you're like, I still don't get it. So let's talk more about it. I'm happy to talk and we will continue to, to talk more about it, answer questions, have a prayer time, and bring clarity as we move forward into this season. But this is a part of it, and I just wanted to put that on your radar and allow you to be aware of what's happening in 2024. So, I've talked a lot, talked a lot about 2023, 2024. I'm gonna let a video do a little bit of talking, and then we're gonna keep talking. Is that all right? 
We're gonna take a deep breath. We're gonna listen to a much more soothing voice. We're gonna listen to April's voice as she recaps 2023 and gives us a, a little bit of a financial snapshot of this year, and we're gonna talk about where we're headed on the financial journey together. All right, let's take a look. As we embark on this new year financially, let's take a journey through the numbers that shaped our church's mission and vision of the previous year. In 2023, our congregation rallied together, exemplifying generosity and compassion. We had a budget of 276,000. We gave as a church $218,719 to support our ministries and outreach efforts. In 2023, we spent $244,945. Each dollar allows us to function practically as a church, allowing us to meet together, but also supporting the mission of the global church by sending money outside our own walls to bless those in our church, community, and beyond. This spent money includes $22,165 added to savings over the last year. Yet, as we navigated the twists and turns of the financial landscape, we encountered challenges. In seeing these giving trends, we were able to adjust our spending and minimize our expenditures, all the while maintaining our goal to strategically save funds. Despite our best efforts, we faced a shortfall, ending the year with a deficit of $26,226. But in every setback lies an opportunity for growth. As we turn the page to 2024, we stand firm in our commitment to fiscal responsibility. Looking ahead, the council has diligently crafted a revised budget to better steward our resources. To adapt to economic challenges, the council has made tough decisions to reduce our expenses. This includes a 40% cut in support to Germany missions and Camp Amos, as well as trimming regular ministry costs. Additionally, our monthly contribution of savings has been adjusted from 10% to 5%. These measures are necessary to ensure responsible financial management. Our 2024 budget stands currently at $21,000 per month, with allocations as follows. 10% for extension tithe to our Foursquare denomination, 5% for savings, 43% for staffing, 33% for ministry, and 9% for missions and outreach. We share these insights with you to keep you informed about the state of our church. Your prayers for provision and thoughtful consideration of your financial partnership are greatly appreciated. We contend for you to look at how you can be a part of meeting the needs of Hub City Church as we strive to be on mission. Together, we'll rise to the occasion, united in our mission to spread the good news of Jesus and inspire others to join us on this journey as ordinary people following an extraordinary God together. That was the best financial video I've ever watched. That was, that was so soothing and inspirational and video, visually just exciting and engaging. That was great. Uh, thank you, April, for putting that together and making that simple and, uh, and giving us a break from hearing from me. So that was wonderful. Uh, with that, I, I, I do want to highlight a couple of things that were in there. Um, the, the financial highlights of 2023, um, one of the things that, that was mentioned in there is how much went to missions, went out of our building, Right. Um, and savings contributions, those things, those, those things are exciting. We put 22K in savings. We're, we're being smart and stewarding that. But nearly $40,000 went out of our walls to go to missions and outreach. I mean, that's awesome. $40,000 going to make an impact 
Uh, and of that, 6,200 was for the Advent missions giving. And what I loved seeing about that was an increased participation from other households. I wasn't worried about the amounts of different things and all of that, but what I loved seeing was an increased participation. More people saying, I want to be a part of this. I want to contribute to this. And having over 6,000 come in and go out during that Christmas season was awesome. Uh, your generosity helped provide a way for free resources to go out of our building into the hands of people in our church. Uh, the journals and devotionals and books and parenting books and discipleship books and all of those things that we hand out, right? We like to give those things out for free. <clears throat> I don't like charging for those things. We give out free Bibles because I don't think people should pay for the word of God, right? And I want to put tools in your hands to help you engage in real life. And we saw that <clears throat> even in our surveys, somebody responded noticing that. And I just wanted to highlight their little testimonial of that because we handed a book out to somebody and it was really impactful. They said, I was given a book about parenting and I was able to read through this whole book. I loved it. Hub City, Hub City Church does a great job equipping its members with resources that are relevant to what they're going through. This person describing just, they ate up this material and they were thankful that they didn't just refer them to the book, but we put it in their hands so that they could go be a parent and disciple their families towards Jesus. I love being a church that can do that. Whatever capacity we can is being able to resource and equip and give people the tools necessary to go make disciples, and that's what it's all about. One of the things that we do, we've done the last few years, we did it this year, we sponsored three teams uh, within youth sports in our, in our community. We, buy, we don't just get our name on the jerseys, we also buy trophies for the kids, we, buy, we pay for their pizza party and, uh, and just bless some of those assistant coaches because that's a thankless job to be an assistant coach. And, and just being able to say, hey, and as a head coach, this is what I'll do in those gatherings is I'll let them know. I'll say, hey, we've budgeted to bless you and your family. And we want you to know that we love families. We love people. We're here. We love our community. And you're a priority. And I said, when, whenever you're ready, we'll be we'll be there to welcome you in. We, we love you, we care about you, we're here for you when, if, if you need anything. And I'll tell you what, we've started to see a couple of families find us. And how did they find us? It was through relationship and it was through connection through, through those means of being involved with one of those three teams. I think that's awesome, that's exciting, right? Like Those are things that you don't always hear about up front, but I just wanted to give you a glimpse into what's happening there. Now. The video also recapped in or kind of gave you a picture of what 2024 is going to look like and some of those changes to the cost and changes to the budget, bringing those things down, having to make some allocations to different things, and there's just some practical sides of that. It's a bummer to not have as much going towards missions as we did, but that's just the nature of where we're at and the things that we're having to do. One of the things that we are doing this year is we are bringing on two part-time staff roles in administrative roles. We've got an administrator and a tech coordinator that we are bringing on this year, and they're gonna be behind the scenes positions, but they're gonna help us get a lot done uh, behind the scenes in the, the logistics and operations of the church. Very excited about that, and, uh, and we can celebrate those things because I think it's gonna help us in this new season and this next season. And as we're talking about the budget, we're talking about money, right? Like I said in that video, we're, we don't want to guilt, we don't want to pressure, we don't want to manipulate anybody, but we just want to be honest. We want you to be informed about the state of your church. This gathering or this service in our year, I've had some people say, this is like the state of the union, right? This is the state of the church. 
kind of an idea. Uh, and it really is about you being able to take a moment to, to think about what does it look like for you to be engaged with the ministry and mission of your church? What does it look like for you to be a part of the financial portion of our church as well? That we are giving together. We're generous together in that. That it's not just a few select people that are, are, are running the mission. We're asking lots of people to be involved with the mission of our church. And just similarly, it's not just a few people giving to the church. We're asking all people to participate in what's going on in the mission of your church. And that we're giving on purpose. And I just want to close with the, just a few thoughts as we talk about what does that look like this year for, for us or for you, for your household, right? This idea of being generous together and giving intentionally and giving on purpose because generosity is something I think we all want to do, but it doesn't always happen on accident. Anybody tithes on accident? I don't think so. But giving on purpose requires obedience. It's instruction from the word of God to say, I'm gonna follow this and be generous. It is, uh, it's an act of worship. I'm honoring God when I give in this way. It takes sacrifice. It, it, it comes at a cost. I'm gonna do this, it's gonna cost me, I'm not gonna be able to do that. Right? It takes planning, it takes intentionality, it takes budgeting for some of us to sit down and look at our plan and, and prioritize it. For our family, it is the first thing in our budget line, the very first thing. We look at what's coming in and what's going out, right? And before any bills or, or utilities or anything else that we pay for and fund stuff and all that, our generosity is at the top because it's a priority to us. And for us and our family, and this is something I just want to share, is for us, our floor is that 10%. And, and that 10% going back to our local church. And that's you. That's us. And that is our floor. We see that in scripture, that principles of tithing and giving a tenth, giving 10%. And so we're teaching that to our kids. When they get their allowance and they, they earn their jobs for picking up dog poop and doing dishes and doing all these things and they get paid out, right? They also get a giving envelope that comes with it. And they give their 10%. And many of you got your giving statement emailed to you uh, this week. Guess what? My kids got a giving statement sent out to them as well. And it's not about the amount. It's the heart of we're building this practice in. We're teaching them to plan and implement and be intentional with this now. And as that grows, they make adjustments. They go from there. And that 10% is always going back to their church, right? And as their income changes, they will change. And that's true for their parents as well, for April and I. April got a new job last year, and as that changed, so did our giving, right? I'm not gonna get into the nitty-gritty on details of all of that, but I'm, the principle of it is to say this is a value for us. This is something biblical that we see. This is something that we encourage our family, and we encourage our church family to be a part of that. But it doesn't happen without thought and planning and prayer and consideration and intentionality and sacrifice. It's a part of our... It's a part of our rhythms, but it's also just a part of our discipleship. I'm raising my kids to follow Jesus, right? And that's a part of their discipleship. Is that I want my kids to give their hearts to Jesus. But I know as a human, our hearts are often tied to our money. Money has a strong, tight bond, like tied around our hearts. And I want my kids to give their hearts to Jesus. And, and part of that is they're going to have to learn, I give Jesus everything. My time, my energy, my future, and any physical resource I have. 
And what's so encouraging to me, what I love seeing is like my kids get excited to bring their little tithe envelopes over, right? They're just like jumping through their shoes like, yeah, it's giving time. And they, they throw it in the box in the back or whatever. Uh, my daughter this year for Advent, we were talking through our Advent giving and they get to choose and help be a part of that journey and process. And then we ask them like, hey, do you wanna give anything above and beyond? Like you guys give your 10%, but do you wanna give to Advent as well? And my daughter went and grabbed her money and said, this is what I wanna give. And she handed the whole thing over. I was shocked. I said, no, no, you don't have to give everything. You don't have to, like, and she's like, no, I, I want to. And I said, okay, you're old enough now. I want you to learn this lesson. I'm not buying you more Christmas presents because you're doing this, right? I'm not teaching my kids prosperity gospel. I said, I want you to understand, like, you're giving this away because you want to. And she said, Dad, I, don't stop me. I want to give this. It's going to go to good, and I'd rather they have it than me have it. She gave all of this allowance that she had accrued over months and months. I was shocked. I was floored. But what excited me is seeing a disciple of Jesus learning to trust Jesus with everything that she has, everything that she is. And I want that for all of us, to experience not the excitement of giving a certain percentage or giving a, a certain dollar amount, but giving your heart to Jesus and everything that is tied to that heart. And I know that it's hard. And it's hard when I'm talking about this and, and, and the idea of going from 0% to 3%, right? The jump to 10 seems monumental, but even the 0 to 3% would seem like, Sean, you're asking me to move mountains, man. Or from 4 to 8%. And maybe that's the adjustment for some this year. Or from 7% to 10%, right? But that adjustment, that change is going to be a challenge for some of us. It's gonna take prayer and planning and conversations and intentionality. But I do believe that Jesus wants our heart. And I'll tell you this, I, I get excited when I see my kid give. I get excited when I see, um, when I see new names or new donors giving to our church. I get excited when I see those sorts of things, and it's not about the budget. Can I just be very honest and kind of frank about these sorts of things? It's not like, oh, now we're gonna be able to buy this. What excites me is for somebody to get to the point where they start giving or they start increasing their giving, you know what that shows as an indicator? It's not the only indicator, I get that, but it is an indicator that God's doing something because to get to that point, you've had a journey with Jesus to get to that point conversations with Jesus, some convictions, some, some, some planning, some thoughts, some prayers, some, all of this. And, and, and what's exciting is just as the same thing that can happen when somebody raises their hand to say, I want to follow Jesus excites us, right? How many of you get excited when somebody raises their hand to follow Jesus? Boy, I hope more people get excited about following Jesus, right? When somebody says, I want to get water baptized and they get water baptized. It's not about us, is it? It's not about what we get out of it. It's not about, oh, this is gonna look really good at the year-end State of the Union report. What we're excited about is watching somebody say yes to following Jesus. And I think the same is, is true in our giving. When we see people together giving themselves to the ministry and giving their resources to the ministry of their church, their time, their energy, their resource, their capacity, their talents, their money, we should be excited, not because the budget's going up, 
be excited because, oh, we get to buy these sorts of things. We should be excited because disciples are being formed. It's not the only indicator, but it is a indicator of discipleship and growth and development that takes place. And these are all steps that we can take. And so being generous together. So I just want to land the plane here with us together. And we're going we're gonna to take some time and we're just going to pray for our church. And we've talked about a lot of different things. We've talked about ministry together. We've talked about, you know, uh, the, the future together, me resting together with Jesus, but not you. Uh, we've talked about uh, being generous together, being on mission together, all of these things about this word together. And I just want to give us a chance to pray. So just give these, these things to the Lord and just say, God, without you in the middle of all of this, these are great ideas. These are great words. These are great plans. But we need the move of God in the midst of all of this. We want to see disciples being formed in Hub City Church. We need God in the middle of this. We want to see the city reached for the kingdom of God. We need Jesus to be at the center of what we're doing. And so what I'm going to do is just encourage us to take a few moments, and uh, we're going to put some prayer points up on the screen, and just grab somebody sitting next to you. And if you're not sitting next to somebody, just scoot next to somebody else or get up out of your seat and just go and pray with another person uh, or two and, and just pray for your church. I'm not going to tell you what to pray, but there are some key ideas up on the screen. We're going to have some music playing to just kind of fill the space and that quietness, but just pray out loud together for your church about some of the outreach, discipleship, the leadership, the financials, whatever is on your heart. Would you just take a moment right now uh, and, and just pray together for Jesus to do his work and have his way. You know, Proverbs says that man, man sets his course, but God's going to determine his steps. We just pray that God would determine our steps this year and how we get to where we need to be to live in the, in the fullness of God's plans for us as a church. So with that being said, we're just going to uh, give you the time, and then I'll, I'll reconvene us and pray, and we will dismiss from there, all right? All right, let's go. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you want to take your next step in following Jesus, fill out the digital connect card at thehubcitychurch.com slash connect. We'd love to celebrate what Jesus is doing in your life. 